Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Today, if you're watching, I know only about 5% of our listeners actually physically watch. These are on YouTube. They are recorded. And today, I have an amazing guest in person in Omaha, Nebraska, here in our Verley studio. And he's Mr. Dakota Smith. Great to, great to be here. Great to have you here. Uh, most of our guests obviously come on virtual, and we have Dakota here physically because Dota, Dakota has just recently been announced just in the last three days as my office, my brokerage, our Keller Williams franchise's first ever new team leader. Team leader, CEO, whatever you want to call it, I'm here ready to get started. He's doing it. So we just had a huge unveiling on Tuesday at our stakeholder meeting, a couple hundred people in attendance where we interviewed Dakota. And I thought it would be cool to bring him on today for all of the listeners because a lot of us talk about recruiting, uh, we talk about leadership, we talk about scaling, and Dakota has an awesome history. So let's start off first with that, Dakota, and then let's get into what your active role is going to be here. And as you listen to this, if you're an individual agent or a team leader, an aspiring team leader, I think that you'll see that Dakota has a lot of experience and talent. And I have found, and I shared this in our leadership meeting recently when we were discussing E7, I have found that my ability to grow has always been deeply connected and rooted in the people that I have associated myself with. And I know I don't have the ability to keep on crushing my dreams unless I have people like Dakota in my life. So I'm very, very excited and ready to go. Maybe let's start off with the story about how we met. That'd be a fun one. Sure. The story goes that I reached out to you last spring or uh, middle of summer. I just wanted to get to know you a little bit better. I'd, I'd heard a lot of buzz, seen a lot of buzz driven by this building, the big KW Elite sign, and said, hey, I want to know what is happening in that building. There's so much energy in just discussions between people about KW Elite going on. I need to meet the guy. Like, how have I not <laughs> met Jeff yet? <laughs> like, we've, we've both been operating in this small town yeah. that is Omaha, Nebraska, yeah. the Omaha, Nebraska real estate. We need to connect. And as soon as I connected and said, hey, like, let's meet, let's, let's learn a little bit about each other, you said to me by text, why don't you just come in front of all of my agents and talk about your brokerage? And I remember you started that text message with, this might sound a little weird, but <laughs> get ready. Let's let's do this. And I and I said, okay, well, challenge accepted. Let's do this. Like let's let's go out there. I don't yeah. have no idea why he's asking me to do this. It seems a little off, but hey, if he's all about transparency, so am I. Like that's a value that I can sink on. So, came to your office, knew very few people in the building. Didn't hadn't met you yet. Like I met you and uh, Paul. Like right as I walked in. And we just went going and I got in front of your whole brokerage and I talked about Redfin and I let them ask me all the questions. And it was, it was almost like a recruiting meeting <laughs> at your reverse. <laughs> so, the, and you hadn't said the words Redfin until just now. So yeah. Dakota was the owner, operator, CEO, whatever position we want to call it. Let's call you founder. 
we'll get you some lawsuits for Dakota. <laughs> Dakota was running the show here in Omaha, Nebraska, and I think a few states around us, right? So, so at that time, I was running the sales operations in Nebraska, in Iowa, in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. For Redfin, and I know not everyone here has heard of Redfin, but most of you probably have. And if you haven't, you've probably been under a rock and you should Google it. They have a really cool plan. And I really believe what Redfin has done is going to be the future. Of course, it's not just going to be Redfin. Everyone's going to need to adopt something. It's a hybrid. It's a salary plus some bonuses. And we could talk Redfin a little bit today, but that's not what today's about. Um, Dakota's story goes, he did call me and we wanted to get together. And I, I'll accept any meeting. I mean, I always want to meet with people. But I thought, what a unique opportunity to have my agents get to learn more about opportunities at Redfin. And the mindset there is the abundant mindset. And I talk about with our listeners all the time, like quit thinking and a scarcity mindset. Scarcity would be, oh my gosh, Redfin's going to recruit my agents. At the time, I knew Redfin only had maybe seven to 10 real estate agents in Omaha. Uh, my brokerage at the time had probably about 100. And when Dakota came in, I said, tell them about Redfin, sell Redfin, get people to go. And I even said in front of all of the agents, hey, if you guys think Redfin's a better option, you should go. And it was just, if it felt good, it felt healthy to be able to say that and not be nervous about it. It was so refreshing because it's unlike almost any experience that I've had in the real estate community. Because God bless them, I know a lot of agents, I know a lot of brokers, but there's a very steep them, protect, protect what's mine, build up the walls mentality. And it doesn't help any of us at the end of the day. A hundred percent. You know, I'd love to go into Berkshire Hathaway and MP Dodge and Nebraska Realty and Century 21 and Remax and you go down the whole list and share with everyone the opportunities. But I don't need to because I have a podcast and I know a lot of teams and I know a lot of teams local. They don't want to admit it, but they're listening right now. I know you watch these, you listen to these episodes because it's always been my belief. And I know you're the same way, Dakota. I've always subscribed to the mindset that I'll share everything. And I know most people won't do much of anything and that those that do choose to implement the ideas that we talk about here and the ideas that the guests bring, you will live a better life. You will be able to make more money in less time with less energy. You'll be able to serve the people that follow you. So that's the goal of the interview today. Uh, let's get into your past. Where'd you come from? Where'd you start? I don't think you're even originally from the United States of our great America. I am originally from the U.S. Oh, okay. I, I know it, it can get a little confusing for people like, wait, are you from overseas or not? I'm like I lived overseas and my mom's from overseas. Okay, that so was it. I, I try to, I try to get credit for both, but no, I, I was raised in Austin, Texas. Okay. Uh, that's where I'm from. I went to the university of Texas, which is not seen kindly in these parts, but you know, that's okay. I, I wear it proudly. Mm -hmm. um, after college, I decided to go pursue some of my familial roots, and I went down to Australia, and I worked on a cattle station, a million-acre cattle ranch down in the middle awesome. of nowhere. And it was one of these, it's 50,000 head of cattle, 600 miles of barbed wire fence on the property. Like, this is like Yellowstone. It was crazy. I mean, and I, I barely saw any human contact other than uh, the guy I was working for and his wife and you know a few people that would come through every once in a while. But it was, it was a very isolated and amazing experience. I ended up only staying there six to eight months because of what ended up happening. It's a long story. I'm not going to get through everything, but the Fort Worth, Texas fire department had called me up because I originally wanted to be a Fort Worth, Texas firefighter. And I said, okay, I'm going to go try to pursue that. I went back to Fort Worth. I tried to put all my energy into those dreams, but it turned out I didn't make the cut. And my very next move was to move to Washington, D.C. This sounds very linear. Right? <laughs> well, it did to me. It did to me. Like I had, I had backup plans and contingencies. Whenever I was in Fort Worth and they said, no, you, you can't do this, I had about a couple hours to feel sorry for myself. And I said, you know what? I'm still got the confidence that I can do what I want to do. I just need a pivot. And my friend called me literally two days later, said, I'm driving to Washington, D.C. Hey, if mm. you want to ride a U-Haul with me, come on, let's do this. 
Let's go. So I just took a backpack. I'm picturing Dumb and Dumber when yeah. they're filling up the car with all these people singing a song. Yep, pretty much. So it, it was <laughs> it was a wild ride. And I got there with a backpack. But literally within three or four hours of being in D.C., going out to dinner the very first night, I run into a woman on the street because I can't figure out where the metro station is. We got turned around. And I, I'm very prideful. I never lose my sense of north. But in D.C., it's easy to. And I asked her, like, how to get to the metro station. Turned out she was a headhunter for a temp agency. Oh, my gosh. Within two days, I had an interview at a major corporation's lobbying shop. And I worked in that same shop for almost eight years. Wow. They paid for me to go get my master's at George Washington. Like, I really moved up the, the ladder there and had an amazing experience getting into government affairs, public policy, DOD, State Department, and working with and against the National Association of Realtors on different policy issues affecting residential real estate. So that was like my first wow. entry into the realtor. Community. What's the National Association of Realtors? So the National no. Association <laughs> of Realtors is a whole thing. <laughs> totally it's, kidding. And I'm a proud Cheap member. Cheap joke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Dana, where are you at on that sound effect? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Cohn, founder of Elite Real Estate Systems, today's team coaching solution. We're excited to invite you to our 2022 Team Building Summit hosted by Elite Real Estate Systems and our industry partners. Join us in downtown Omaha, Nebraska from June 1st through June 3rd, 2022. Hear from high-level team leaders, broker owners, industry experts, and thought leaders from across the country and learn from their business methodologies that made them dominant powerhouses. Learn more about this content-filled two-day event at the teambuildingsummit.com. Use discount code PODCAST for $100 off your future ticket purchase. See you in June. Thank so you all circle back, and, and long story short, and no, it's not short, is that after an amazing time of being a lobbyist, I, I took stock in my life, and I took stock of where that industry was uh, as far as political and governmental affairs, mm -hmm. and decided that the people who were older than me, you know, some of them weren't living the life I wanted to live. They weren't as close with their family. Some of them were, some of them weren't. But it just became apparent to me that that's not where I wanted to end up in 30 years. And so if I was going to get off the train, I needed to do it now. If I want to build the future I want to build, I can't wait for that. If, if once I've been confronted with the truth that what I'm building is not going to lead to where I want to be, even if it's fun in the moment, I can't ignore it anymore. Mm -hmm. I got to get off the train. I got to go start from scratch. So I went from a really well-paying job. I was wearing a suit. I was downtown. I had a big ego about like, okay, this is, you know, I'm important. I'm in the middle of things. Like I know a lot of people who people know. I stepped back and I became a nobody again. Like that's what I had to do. And I got into real estate. I got my residential real estate license and I picked Redfin. And the reason I picked Redfin was, you know, there was a whole community of people that were in different brokerages I knew. And there was a, just a gentleman that I, I trusted who said, hey, you know, they're, they're trying to do something different. They're trying to do something that changes how real estate's been. That message resonated with me. And the reason why is that my father had been a residential real estate agent back after he retired from IBM. My family has a lot of tech background, but at the end of the day, he had an attempt at being a real estate agent in Texas. It didn't work out because he was really frustrated with the stagnation of how slow the industry was evolving it seemed like it was like back back dealing and self-serving and wasn't really putting the customer at the center of the whole experience. 
So he quickly got frustrated and he, he went a different way. So the opportunity to have an impact on this industry where I could be a part of an organization that was trying to change the game, mm-hmm. trying to put the customer in the middle, that resonated with me. That's also the reason why I left. It's just because I felt like at the end of the day, the, the market share wasn't there. We didn't have a credible, in my opinion, a credible path towards a significant market share that would allow the company I was at to make an impact. Mm-hmm. And so that leads me here. It's interesting, Dakota, as far as parallels in your experience to mine, that's exactly why I left the indie brokerage we were at. I had about 20, 25 agents and we went to Berkshire and we went to Berkshire because we wanted to be on a national stage and have the opportunity to create impact and pr- you know provide value to other cities, other states, other agents, other team leaders. And we were going to do that in the form of expansion. Uh, we also wanted to launch ancillary. And our biggest challenge was in the environment we were at at Berkshire Hathaway, they made it very difficult for us to be able to do that. Of course, inside their brick and mortar, but also across their network. They saw teams, especially mine as the number one team in the world, as a big threat to the brokerage franchise. They didn't build an independent option for our, our company. And so when we chose to align just two years ago with Keller Williams, Gary's biggest thing, the one sentence he said to me, and everyone listened to this, as a billionaire recruited a high D, 90-90-99-I, Gary said, at Keller Williams, there's no rules. And I said, well, what about this? There's no rule. What about that? There's no rule. So he says it, and it's nice to say, but what's the truth? So a couple months later, flash forward, I'm at a family reunion in front of 20,000 people getting ready to speak. And I want to ask everyone to follow me on Instagram. I wanted to become verified or whatever mm-hmm. when you have 10,000 followers. So I'm like, hey, this will be a good opportunity. There's a lot of people in the room. And so I go up to Gary Keller. I'm getting ready to be interviewed by him. And I said, hey, would you be cool if I set out to the whole audience, thank them obviously for being at the event to listen to us, but would you be cool if I asked him to follow me on Instagram? And he goes, there's no rules. I was like, dang. I was like, that's cool. I thought for sure he'd be like, no, let's not. Let's leave it out. It was no rules. Well, it wasn't just a part of the recruiting pitch. Once you were inside the four walls, you were hearing the same message that you heard whenever you were being recruited. And that's really important. Big, it was a big deal. So here we are today. You've had a ton of experience. Let's do speak. This isn't a promotion for Redfin, obviously, but a lot of people do hear about Redfin. They kind of know what it is. Would you share in 60 seconds what is Redfin? Sure. I mean, Redfin is a salaried approach where it's basically one large team. It, it is a team approach to real estate. It's just one large large corporate team of real estate agents where the, the team leader is the CEO of the company. And, and when you say that in the country, for the country, for the, for the country, okay. and it's just one singular entity, it's not franchise, it's all singularly owned. Mm-hmm. And you have pay agents who have their, their payment is a portion of it is salary and a portion of it is a smaller than, you know, a commission, but it's a bonus mm-hmm. for every deal that they do. So what's the typical, I mean, in Omaha, in the Midwest with the average sales price around three, three fifty, where could you expect, what would you expect to make as an agent in a normal market? In a normal market, like your second year, you're probably taking home somewhere around $75,000. In this market? In this market. How does Redfin do in a buyer's market? In, or has it even experienced a buyer's market? Not yet? a true buyer's okay. market in this market. Everyone's winning right now. And I just want to warn everyone that's listening. Anyone and everyone can make money right now in the real estate business. I think everyone should be focused on the pivot. What will the next, you know, what will the next shift look like? Will it be a shift up or down is another argument. I've heard of people saying they think there will be 10x inflation in real estate over the next five to 10 years. I hope that's true because I own a lot of real estate. A 10x inflation would be like, a $200,000 house is worth $2 million. This happens in a lot of third world countries all, all the time where they see this as massive growth. And we've obviously experienced a little bit in the last two years. 
What do you think is going to happen over the next five years? What's my crystal ball look like? Yeah, what's your well, crystal ball? Well, it would take a significant and concerted effort by multiple presidential administrations to try to right this ship where we talk about adding supply that we need to. Like we, and it's it's both from the federal level, but it's also state by state because every municipality, every state, but every city has laws in their books, planning commission codes that limit us from being able to truly expand the supply that we need until we have like a fundamental shift where we have top down, where we have presidents, where we have Congress and we have governors and mayors all singing the same tune. Like we need to prioritize increasing supply. And you're talking about the supply chain that provides us the ability to construct homes to construct that homes. are demanded. And it's a supply and demand game. Yeah. This is economics 101. If there's not supply, demand goes up. And when demand goes up, the cost goes up. And we talk inflation. This isn't just an inflation-induced yeah. inflation. This is in, not induced just because of in, the traditional inflation. This is essentially becoming induced because of the supply chain. Yeah. So so there's a supply and demand aspect to it. So I, I think the supply thing really needs to be uh, tackled. Now, you see these interesting things happen. There was a headline out of Canada just last month that they're also tackling for the, the demand section that said, hey, for a certain amount of years or months, we're not going to allow any foreign investment into real estate. We're trying to tackle it from both the supply and demand side. Now, we're nowhere near making that sort of decision or declaration in the U.S. right now. But if we keep going at this and people start zeroing in on the supply-demand relationship with real estate and not just like, oh, prices are going up because people want to move, mm -hmm. we're going to have to have some big discussions. My point about saying how complex that is is to say it's going to be a while before we can solve this problem because people aren't even zeroing in on it until relatively recently. Yeah, the policy nerds and the and the, the wonks and the and the people who are super into certain trenches are, but your Joe, you know, just reading the newspaper right. hasn't been zeroed in on it recently. Right. And so we're just getting to the point of starting starting to say, hey, we need to tackle this problem. And I say all that to say it's gonna be years before we write this ship. It's not just, just even just because it, interest goes up. We're not mm -hmm. going to level out buyer-seller markets. Yep. It's going to be years. It's going to be years. And I think it's pretty fascinating. I remember Gary Keller predicted this several years ago. He's been talking about it. But when I met with him several times back in 2019 before joining Keller Williams, he made a comment about what the next five to 10 years looks like and where he thinks people should be putting time and attention. And he mentioned property management. He said, you know, I believe, Gary's speaking, I believe that over the next five to 10 years, you'll see rentals are going to explode in value. Rental properties are going to double, triple in value. And with that, it's going to be harder and harder to buy new homes. He didn't say because of supply chain, but he said with inflation. And when that happens, more and more people are going to want to rent. So there's going to be less and less rentals available. So that means the cost of those rental properties are going to go up. That means the amount you're charging your tenants is going to go up. And property management now, instead of only making your $50 a month off of a, a house that you're managing, you're now making $150 a month or $300 a month. And that's real money. I mean, typical investors right now, I, I cash flow 300 months. So if the property management company can make the same as the owner of that property is making per month, then that's when stuff starts getting pretty interesting. And I agree with the supply chain challenge, and that's not changing overnight. That's several administrations into the future. Call it 10 to 12 years now into the future. So what can we be doing today? So you take this new position at Keller Williams in Nebraska. You hear about the energy. Of course, you align with Paul Richardson, Jeff Cohn. Um, and you're going to build out in Nebraska. What's the value add now that we can give, of course, to our listeners that are listening today, as well as the agents that are here in all of our offices across the state? Well, I, I just want to help be a part of this solution where we are making sure that we're being honest with agents about what the future of real estate is. And we're empowering them to fight next year's war, not last year's war, right? Like, Because too many times when you see people that have been in the industry a long time, they get up in front of new agents, they say, here's how to do real estate. And they're speaking about how it was done in 19, 
1980 or 1970 or 1990. And what's happening going forward, the tools that you need to be equipped with to be ruthlessly efficient at whatever your one thing is, is different from just sitting back and receiving leads that a lot of agents are able to do in this mar- in this current market. Mm-hmm. So it's about empowering agents and being honest with them about what's coming so that they can be efficient and that we, we are building agents within our brokerage that know what's going on, that know how to make the right partnerships, that know how to focus on the 20% of their activities that make the 80% of the results. Mm-hmm. And that's not the same 20% that it was five years ago, 10 years ago. And that's one of the things that I try to bring from my Red Pin experience is that ruthless efficiency that's powered by data. Mm-hmm. So agents who are being intentional about collect, not just collecting data and logging, okay, I met with so-and-so or I have such and such name, but being able to like track trends like, hey, how's my conversion funnel happening? What are all the variables? How can I feed that data day in and day out? They're the ones who are building a true equity in a data section that's not just going to power their business, that's going to make it better for them whenever they have an exit strategy. I love it, Dakota, and I agree 100%. I've said this so many times, but if you guys have never listened to this, please listen now. Your greatest asset, your greatest equity, your greatest multiplier, your business's value, think of it, not rhetorical, I'm going to share it with you, it's your database. People have said it as almost a cliche, you've heard it so much that you've, you've ignored it, but it's the data you have because in your pivot, in your exit, um, if you are to sell or are, if you if you are to sell other products, they're going to be sold to your database. And if someone were to partner with you in a JV, that's someone being possibly us down the road in mortgage, title insurance, investing, et cetera, you, person listening, is going to be the person who's going to send out the messaging. We're not because they don't know us, like us, and trust us. And that's the difference of Zillow or Redfin or any of the big tech conglomerates marketing to your database versus you marketing to the database. And I think a bit about it for myself. Do I want to hear from someone I have a relationship with who I've had a relationship with for 5, 10, 20 years? Or do I want to hear from some big tech giant that I'm just getting some random ad and I'm going to call some random person at some random call center or some bot's going to respond to me? People are going to matter. We're not saying that technology is taking over. I'd, I've always believed the agent will stay the fiduciary, but tech's going to empower us to be 10x, 100x the person that we are today and it already has. And I love your mindset on all of this, Dakota, and this is one of the reasons that you make such a great fit, is all the problems your dad had in the industry are the problems that other people have today. But it's one of those dysfunctions or dichotomies that they've simply accepted to be able to make a living in the industry. And you and I and Paul and a lot of the agents that have chosen to align with us so far, and a lot of the people listening today, we want to change the industry. We don't want to wait for somebody else to make the next move. We're going to make the next move. We're going to start pushing over dominoes. And I'm not going to share it with the audience today. You and I both know some of the plays that we're making, but the world is going to change. The industry is going to change. So why why don't we become the solution of that change? And I'm really excited to have you at Keller Williams here in Omaha, Nebraska, KW Lead across the state. And it will create major, massive impact for our podcast listeners. And I hope everyone knows I we are brokerage agnostic. It's weird to say as the owner of Keller Williams, and I would never want to offend Gary Keller or any of the leadership of Keller Williams. But we're we're sorry, yeah, we're brokerage agnostic in the sense that we create value for everyone because we have that abundant mindset. But we would invite anyone that's not at Keller that wants to know more. And I don't know that how many times, if any, I've ever invited people. But if you'd want more information, you could reach out to Dakota and ask him anything you want about the Keller Williams franchise. We'd love to share with you more information about that. And then, of course, different opportunities you'd have as an elite real estate systems client. If you were in the Keller Williams world, there's some really great opportunities for you there as well. So what would be the best way for somebody to get in touch with you if they did have questions? The best way that they could get in touch with me would be to email me, which is 
Dakota, D-A-K-O-T-A-H, and I put the emphasis on the H because most people don't know it's there, at kwelite.com. They can also find me on Instagram, which is Dakota J. Smith, D-A-K-O-T-A-H, J. Smith. Awesome. Appreciate it. Perfect. And Dakota also will be speaking at our upcoming team building summit this summer. He's going to be hosting a panel of top team leaders from across the country, asking them the hard questions that hopefully we can stump a few of them. And we would love to invite anyone listening to this episode. Uh, We'd love to see you in person, downtown Omaha, Nebraska. It's going to be awesome. We host the summit at the Capital District Marriott. It's a new event center. It seats hundreds of people, and it's in a downtown Omaha area where you don't need a car. Everything's walking distance. It's five minutes from the airport. It's two minutes from the downtown area that's super live and fun over the weekend. Everybody's going to have an amazing time. We've hosted three times in the past. We average a couple hundred attendees, um, and we're making it super economical. If you put in the discount code PODCAST at the top of the screen, just put in P-O-D-C-A-S-T, PODCAST, we'll give you $100 off. We are charging you cost. We are not making money off the ticket sale. We're hoping that after you come, you decide to join Elite Real Estate Systems Coaching. So please go check that out at the Team Building Podcast. Sorry, the Team Building Summit.com and put in the word podcast to get your $100 off. Awesome. Appreciate you coming on, Dakota. We'll definitely have to have you on again sometime soon. Absolutely. Uh, maybe once we have some major results to report, we're looking for 5x growth here over the next 24 months. And I'm very confident that we're going to see that here. Um, in Nebraska and be able to share those strategies with our audience all across the country. And next time we talk, maybe we'll talk about how you can, uh, you should be better than a Google form and you might not be. You're right. We didn't talk about that yet. Let's put the tech talk on the next talk next time. And we'll look forward to having you back on. Cool. Thanks again. Thanks.